So many people class you the face of BWR. Is that fair? Um, that's really bad PR for BWR if that's the case. Um, I guess so. Um, B I like to think of BWR as a bit of cooperative, really. Mm -hmm. I think um, it, it's a it's a very much a group effort. I actually came in on the second show for BWR, uh, but since then it's kind of it, we've kind of slowly evolved and there's a a small team of us that kind of book the shows and arrange the shows and it's kind of a small team that does little things to kind of put the whole thing together really but if i'm the, if i'm the i'm kind of the front face i guess i'm i'm the guy they ship out there for any kind of pr or anything like that so you know it's a, probably a bad state of affairs for grimsby if i'm the face but all good mate so good. Of course. So today we're talking to obviously Richard, and we've got loads to talk about. But of course, intern, roll the intro. So, Richard, it's been a while, my friend. Have you been keeping busy? Are you all right? I'm great, thank you very much. Yeah, I think uh, the last time we saw each other um, was in, in fun circumstances. I feel, yeah. but yeah, it's um, yeah, it's been all good, mate. It's been a kind of dramatic twelve months, but uh, since since the turn of this year, it's all good. BWR is going really well. Family life is good. Yeah, exciting, mate. Really exciting. Awesome, awesome. So I was just about to say, how's your week been? Busy week as always. Yeah, um, so my proper job, um, which I, I, I can only say civil servant on here. I can't, I can't see, technically reveal what I do for a living, but yeah, all good. And then I've got a, a wedding to DJ at the weekend. Um, then all kind of sorts of cheesy entertainment that we do in the meantime. And then we've got BWR at the end of the month. So um, yeah, a busy old kind of March coming up. Yeah, absolutely. We'll obviously talk about BWR later on, but of course today is more about you really we've also got loads to obviously talk about i mean you've been in what wrestling was it 23 years i think you said yeah so um the first show i ever did was in the year 2000 yeah so uh 20 i've done i've done a few bits uh from refereeing to promoting did a little bit of promoting um years gone by and uh primarily there was a ring announcer yeah absolutely so one obviously on twitter somebody posted out that you did some work for fwa is that correct yeah absolutely so um basically the, the whole map of my kind of like wrestling life revolves around one guy and that guy being steve knight i don't know if you know steve but steve was a wrestler from this area from the grimsby area um in the kind of 90s and early noughties extremely talented for that era very very good um and just instill one of my best friends to this day and pretty much everything i've done in wrestling is because he needed someone to travel with and that somebody was kind of me um so i everything i've kind of every job i've done in wrestling is pretty much been vicariously because of steve i'm like the brutus beefcake of british wrestling uh i just happened to have a friend that kind of got me involved uh but yeah i worked for the fwa mainly on the northern shows they did so morecambe cleethorpes um bolton kind of them areas but i did a couple of the brock spawn shows as well in the in the real peak of fwa as well when you know 
when a lot of them guys hadn't been signed up and we were still getting a lot of the indie guys over from America, the, the guys from TNA or Ring of Honor or wherever it may be. And it was a really exciting time. I mean, like, it's nobody had done that before over here. I think it's, e it's really, really easy to forget what a bad state British wrestling was in in the 90s. Like, a re you know, TV had gone in the late 80s and, and you know, WWE it just became massive over here. And British wrestling really got left behind. Um, you know, you had the tribute shows, but really there was nothing. I would argue FWA was the first to kind of go, you know what, there is a new crowd potentially here, and that crowd's on the internet. And that that that, that this kind of cult following of wrestling is available. And perhaps I would maybe, the, the detriment of FWA was, it, it, it was probably ahead of its time really it was kind of just slightly ahead of that curve if they came around a few years later might have still been here today but um it was a really exciting time and you know loved every met some amazing people um uh, did you know was part of the, the the big super shows they did at coventry you know being backstage and kind of walking around oh there, there's terry funk oh there's you know there's mcfoley oh that's it was it, it from being a I mean, at that time, I was only kind of in my early 20s as well. So it was very surreal. Um, and I look back at it now with great fondness. I was just looking at some of the notable wrestlers, and there's some really, really big names you obviously see today. Obviously, Zack yeah. Sabre Jr. sticks out straight away. Jordy Flash is obviously a big career in the UK. Um, AJ Styles, CM Punk. Wow, I mean, there's some big names, you know, out yeah. of the FWA. Daniel Bryan um, was there. Chris Daniels. Um, Doug Doug Williams made his really made his name in FWA. That was what kind of got him noticed by Ring of Honor and, and things like that. You know, Mick Foley, Raven, um, yeah, D'Lo Brown. There was there was it was it it was the first to really kind of embrace the Super Show thing. You know, the, the show that later like One PW took and Preston and people like that. Um, FWA the first to do that and and did it most of the time successfully. Um, the thing that probably killed FWA eventually, which has killed a lot of promotions, is that it doesn't translate well to tape sometimes if you don't have great production. And when the wrestling channel came along and FWA was the only kind of uh, British show on there, which was good for them, but it didn't look great on tape. And I think that image slowly kind of, you know, was maybe the beginning of the decline. There was a lot of other things as well. But I think from a, that, I think everybody thought when he got TV, they was like, oh, okay, that's that's the next step now. We, you know, we've had this cult audience for a while. Now we're going to grow it even more. Um, but it never kind of worked out that way, unfortunately. But, I've, you know, it, it, an amazing period. And, and like I think, you know, a lot of the promotions that are out there now have got the FWA to thank for a lot of things. You know, I think they, they were the first to take that risk and have a go. There you go, there you go. So you just mentioned, obviously, refereeing as well. I mean, how did this all come about, you refereeing? Because I'm curious to know this. Okay. Um, so, yeah, like you said, okay, I, can, can I start from kind of the beginning? Probably Because this is a very convoluted story, really. I'll, I'll, I'll try my best to kind of shorten it down. So um, I was a massive wrestling fan, as many were in the 90s. Um, and I, when I was about 15... I would. This is this is so weird. And I think about it now. People would look re, would look at this and go, "There's something seriously wrong here." But honestly, there was nothing wrong with it. So um, I was a paper boy, like many people were. I had a little little 
job in 1998 as a paperboy. And the the guy who owned the newsagent um, was friends with Steve, with Steve Knight, and because he's from this area. And Steve was doing a show at a local YMCA in Grimsby, like a small shed, like Drew McDonald was on it, um, Phil Powers, a few of the people that were kind of around. But like I said, British wrestling was still on, not in a great shape at that point. So he knew I was a wrestling fan because he used to save me Power Slam magazine. Like, you know, so he, basically the only copy of Power Slam that got delivered to that news agent was mine and it got taken out of my wages, out of my seven pound a week that I got um, from, uh, from, from the news agent, which like, when you're doing the Sunday papers, that is not a lot of money. Um, but um, he said, so basically he said, oh, my friend is a wrestler and he's promoting a show. And if you deliver all these flyers, he will give you two tickets to the show. Well, I thought, well, that's the most incredible thing I've ever heard in my life. And I was like, yes, absolutely, I will. So off I went and I, and I went around the local area because where I lived wasn't far from this YMCA, literally like a 10 minute walk. And so off I went and it took me days, but we did it. Every single flyer went through a door. I, I, I was the happiest lad alive. I thought it was the most amazing thing. I was getting free tickets to a wrestling show. And then so um, went to the show, loved it. Then that same Power Slam magazine, this is where all, everything kind of comes full circle. So about half a year later, I'm reading Power Slam magazine and there is Steve Knight. He's in Power, he's in Power Slam magazine. And it's promoting this show at Crystal Palace. The, the, in fact, the venue that um, Rev Crow have just run, the Crystal yeah. Palace Sports Arena. And this is 99 now, so we're talking. So it's still 20 odd years ago. Um, so... And Steve Knight is on this show. Sorry, my, that's my cat in the background there. I do. <laughs> um, so, so Steve Knight's on this poster, and it's been promoted as the first British wrestling show to be on television in 10 years or whatever. So I was like, well, I've got to go. And bearing in mind, I'm only 15. My parents aren't taking me. So I dragged a friend, and we actually got a train from Grimsby to London. And it's incredible thinking about this now, how I did this, but got a train to london it was a christmas there's me naive northerner going london's not that big is it it's fine just get around on the tube or whatever so naive northerner got to got to london um crystal palace is right down south london isn't it so it's blooming miles away from my king's cross mm -hmm. so i managed to get the train we actually stayed over in a really rubbish bnb &B as well um and watched the show and then after the show, I went on the UK Fan Forum, which is still around now, the UKFF. Yep. Uh, but I went on the UK Fan Forum and reviewed the show. And I was complimentary about Steve on the show. Well, Steve picked this message up on the UK Fan Forum and he private messaged me. He didn't know it was me and he didn't know I was from Grimsby. So it all kind of came full circle. So in the end, so Steve then would blackmail me essentially and go, if you pay me 10 petrol, I'll take you to a show I'm doing. And I was going, well, this is the greatest thing ever. This is amazing. So he would be taking me to these shows and like these indie shows um, all over the country. I remember like going to Oxfordshire and places like that and being in a car with a wrestler and learning about how it really works and, and then going to shows and meeting Doug Williams and people like that for the first time and just being friends with them. And it was, it, it was a kind of, it was, I was like 17, 18, so sorry, I was 16 at that point. 
thinking this is the most amazing thing ever. And so, and so, yeah, Steve started promoting shows locally under the UWA name. And it was literally a case of, you need you refereeing for me tonight. I was like, oh, okay. And I wasn't allowed in the locker. This is absolute genuine truth, but this is night. This is year 2000 now. I wasn't allowed in the locker room. I wasn't allowed in the changing room because um, it was still all very old school and it was very kind of, you know. So basically, the wrestlers would just come to me and go, this is our finish. That's it. You know, oh, and, and you know, I remember the first match I ever did was Doug Williams versus a local lad. And Doug just said, it was just like, just talk, just keep us aware of times and talk to us all the way through. Don't make it obvious. And that was literally it. I had no other training. I didn't have any training for bumping. I didn't, I, and by the way, anyone who's refereeing out there, do not go down this route. <laughs> do not go down this route that I went down. It was a pure, you know, um, I, I, this is a cautionary tale. But yeah, that and that was it. So, and, and because I was friends with Steve, that gave kudos. Like promoters were like, oh, well, if Steve, if Steve knows the lad, yeah, yeah, he's fine. He can come down. And that's generally what it was. I was an awful referee. I, I can tell that now. It, I, I look at like Scott Bell or Kate or people like that now and go, oh man, you're, you're like proper. I was not proper. I look, I look back at some of them videos now and I am so awkward looking. I'm so clunky um, in the ring. Once my trousers split during a match between Colt Cabana and Johnny Storm, genuinely true. Um, I was like, I bent down for something and I could hear... A, a bloke in the front row go ref i could see your ass and um yes yeah, so, uh, I, I was that embarrassed i went to greg lambert who was promoting i was like i can't come out for the second half and like greg was like we've already got one referee i was like i can't come out like this um and put like greg who in fact i spoke to greg last week i love i love greg to bits he's someone i consider a really good friend he's like yeah he was uh, okay um and they actually gave away them trousers in the raffle true story um so so yeah um but it was amazing like it was like it was amazing in the sense of at such a young age just lit just being around wrestlers and being around that company and just learning being on but the best thing was being on the road and, and being on the road with steve because one we had such a laugh i mean you know just me and him in the car we, we me and steve got like very differing political opinions for example but it would, we would argue, but we would never fall out. And it's still like that to this day. And but you, and that's what I mean. You look, being in the car with somebody and just talking for hours and end about the business and how things work, that, that's how, how I learned. So it was, it was, yeah, I was terrible. I will put that out now. I will never referee again. But, uh, yeah, I loved it. I still loved it. So how did you make the transition from referee to ring announcer? I'm curious. Yeah, that was literally Steve telling a promoter that he had a friend that was a ring announcer. <laughs> story. I, it was um, um, he got booked for BCW in Scotland, who are still around now, um, and they did some like they did some really good shows up there. Even then, but they weren't drawing the crap nowhere near the crowds that they were getting now. Um, they were spending a lot of money on them shows as well. There was some big names they were bringing across, but uh, at that time. It just wasn't kind of, again, probably ahead of his time. But um, yeah, he literally says to me one day, he went, have you got a suit, young man? I went, 
yeah yeah why and he was like oh because i told them listen i've told this promoter in scotland that you can ring announce <laughs> i was like all right um so um yeah that was that and and went up to scotland as an englishman as well very conscious and but that's but that's how you learn uh, you know it, it, it's been you, you get thrown into that environment it's sink or swim isn't it and look yep. luckily like it went all right and i got repeat bookings there and it, it kind of we took it from there and um i think that was probably i want to say that's around about 2004 so that's nearly 20 years ago so um yeah here we are still chatting about it it's great there you go so you obviously you touched on obviously the wrestling scene you've obviously been in the wrestling world for so long you've seen it grow from strength to weakness to strengths what's your opinion on the wrestling scene as a whole today it's in a good place actually i think i think wrestling's in a really good place um in this country generally if business is good in america business is good here that that's, tends to be the trend over the last kind of 20 years so it helps that business in america is really good but i think that you're looking at kind of i'm noticing more and more i don't know about you but a lot more shows seem to be selling out you know, you see more and more online now, aren't you? That indie shows are, we're getting, you know, selling out in advance. I mean, Mega, uh, Mega Slam, for example, Mega Slam are doing mega numbers, like ridiculous numbers. I think they had 2,000 in Barnsley last week. Yep. And yep. Um, they, I mean, here at the in Grimsby, the auditorium, they had over 1,000 in. I know, I, I know, I know the business model is a little bit different because it's all, it's very much, isn't it? Sell them cheap, pack them in, isn't it? But even so, it means that the business is on people's lips. And I think, what's what's going to be an interesting time now as well is that when the netflix deal starts for wwe they go from being in a million and a half households in this country to 16 million that is a huge increase isn't it so if that goes well and that increases the popularity of wrestling even more if promoters are smart about it then they will capitalize and hopefully it means that the business grows even more it helps as well that the talent is there as well um a lot of the nxt uk guys kind of slowly coming back has helped because you realize actually why they got signed up in the first place because they're genuinely very good um but i've never known the talent pool in this country to be anywhere near as deep as it is now when i started 20 years ago if you got four people on a car that were decent you you were lucky um so now it's it, you're absolutely spoiled for choice in all areas of the country as well everywhere you go wales scotland north south it's you know there's talent everywhere so it, it it's yeah really healthy yeah the one thing i actually like is like we'll obviously touch on bwr later on is like you've got somebody like scotty rock who's doing good for obviously bwr idol you know there's so many like different promotions like it's and it's absolutely you know great to see yeah absolutely the more they the more people get work the better because the more you were the better you get you know it's it's, it, 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 it's simple as that is you know if you're if you're only working one match a month you're not improving because it's really hard to improve when you when you're only kind of like limiting yourself well the more you get out on the road the more you're kind of working with different people with different styles and scotty rook is a prime example of that he's somebody that i i first met scotty and he won't mind me saying this, I don't think, when he wasn't great. You know, when he was young and he was green. In fact, 
we laugh about it now, but I kind of once told him, I kind of gave him a kind of a, a diagnosis of a match. And at the time, he, did, he really didn't appreciate it. He wasn't very happy at all. But we laugh about it now. But he, he is somebody that has gone to every show, even if he's not working, he's gone to shows, network with people, then kind of done a bit of training in the ring beforehand. He speaks to the people that have been in the business for a little bit longer, the experiences they had, where they went training and things like that. And you get and and because of that, because of all them influences, you get better because of it. And he's a prime example of that by just getting yourself out there, you know, maybe doing, you know, having to travel to the other side of the country for not very good money, but it's taking that sacrifice in for the long term gain. And now, like, I, you know, when British lads go into America or Japan twenty years ago, was not, not happening. It was minimal at best. And now, you know, you look at the rosters of both AEW, WWE, New Japan, there's Brits everywhere. So there's hope now. There's, we, there's, the, there is an end goal inside. It's, it's not unrealistic now to be able to think for any of them people, actually, there's a chance of going to America. There's a chance of going to Japan. So the fact that they've got that end goal and they're hungry for it and they're up for it, only means as consumers in this country we get the best it, everybody wins absolutely absolutely so we'll touch obviously on bwr so the first thing i want to ask about this is how did it all come to be that you obviously work for bwr steve Nye, <laughs> ironically uh so no right this is it's right okay so so um so the previous promotion in grimsby was a um a, a promotion called uh, Real Deal Wrestling. And I worked quite a bit for them. And Steve, at this point, Steve Nye, had moved to Cyprus. He was, he, he was living in Cyprus. His wife had got a job out there as a teacher. So he went to, move, he went to live in Cyprus. So I actually started working without Steve, which was weird at, the, at the first, but the, I started doing these Real Deal Wrestling shows. They were good. They were local shows. The attendance varied show to show, but they were okay, you know. But the promoter that, that promoted them shows kind of went and he had a training school. And these lads from the training school, which included Scotty Rourke, Tyler Devlin, and a few others, kind of were in limbo, didn't have anything. Training school was gone. They probably didn't think or maybe weren't good enough to kind of go elsewhere or didn't have the means to do something. So they went, you know what, we'll give it a go ourselves and started BWR. So I knew BWR was happening. Happy, I, I didn't think anything of it. No, you know, I didn't get asked initially to do the first show. I was fine with that. That's okay. I thought my kind of my time in wrestling was done, and that was okay. You know, I'm, I'm you know, um, I wasn't kind of, you know, didn't think anything of it really. Um, so this, but the second show that they did, Steve was back from Cyprus. He was coming back, and they they booked Doug Williams for the show. So they asked Steve to do like a guest referee spot on the show. So I went, oh, I'll come, I'll come with you, you know, because he was back, it gave me a chance to spend some time with, with Steve and to meet Doug as well. And to kind of, I knew a few of the guys from BWR as well. So it was always nice to kind of go and say hello. Literally got to the show and he got to about two hours before the show starts. And I got a tap on the shoulder from James Hanna, who works backstage at BWR, um, who again, sorry to kind of offshoot for a second. I went to college with James. He was in my he was in my media course class. He had he, he, me. I was involved with wrestling then, 
and he didn't really he wasn't even really a fan and about five years later i remember switching on the internet and going that's that's james anna and he was wrestling <laughs> he was wrestling wrestling as ha a guy got a havoc and i was like what's happened here um so i had to catch up with him and, and he taps me on the shoulder and he goes don't suppose you got your suit on you youngie by any chance i see where this is and, going yeah well i didn't but i it was only like 10 minutes from home i went i can soon go and get it and he went any chance you could ring an house tonight um so i ended up ringing out in that show and um afterwards and this is straight away i think i'm of the opinion is that like i, I if you're going to give me bad news or you're going to tell me something i appreciate honesty more than i do kind of creeping around the subject and what impressed me straight away was from the guys that run bwrs you had tyler devlin scotty k people like that they they literally said look we didn't want to book you because you were associated with the old promotion and we were trying to give a bit of a new face and they were honest about that and i appreciated that um and once we kind of got chatting they were like can you carry on and and that was it and we went from there and then slowly in fact well even really slowly within a few shows i was you know kind of helping to book the show then with that team and we've gone from there and it, it, it's honestly you know now we're you know 20 odd years in it's the best thing i've ever done it, it, i absolutely love it i love them shows i love being kind of part of it i love being kind of creatively involved it's yeah the, you know and, I, and to be able to say that at the age of 40 is is amazing it's, it's great and yeah so it's it's truly a pleasure to be part of so for people obviously listening who was obviously not familiar with bwr give me a little bit of an insight obviously about obviously what the shows are like etc yeah we're um we're obviously based in the lincolnshire's capital of cleethorpes um the east coast east side um so we've been running since 2017 as the buddy says there um is a i would say it's a bit of a hybrid of indie style wrestling but with show by show stories so um it is story driven it is character driven wrestling but maybe works within an indie style if that makes sense mm -hmm. um we get a we have a lot of regular wrestlers the so wrestlers that have been literally with us from the start or at least do kind of four or five shows for us a year um our audience at the moment is regular audience you know it's the same people that we saw kind of from from the start have stayed with us so they follow that kind of the story arc of bwr very closely and generally it is what we pride ourselves on i think is just a good night out it's a great three hours of just fun wrestling you, you know you don't have to overthink it it's six or seven matches of big characters big fun and enjoyable pro wrestling there you go so obviously the next show we've got is no gods no masters which is a killer name by the way i love that yeah yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, and as, at the time of recording, we've got four matches announced. You could prove me wrong on this. So the first one is, which I'm excited for, Miles Kamen, Reese and Rogan versus Amir Jordan, GBH. Yes. Go on, you can promote this match a little bit. Go ahead. Yeah, well, look at the, the six people involved. 
Uh, Miles Kamen, I honestly believe, is the future of British wrestling. Uh, he is a star. Um, he he has improved so much in the last eighteen months. He's a big character. Um, he carries himself like a star. He, he um, I it, it was interesting when we had Trent Seven last year. I was kind of like at the, the kind of the back wall of the arena, kind of watching the. It was Miles. I can't remember who Miles was on with. But Trent Seven was next to me, and he'd never seen Miles before. And he was going to me, he was like, oh, my God, he's amazing. He's absolutely incredible. He was like, I would love to work with him. And when you've got people that have been in WWE and the system saying that, you know how good he is. But everybody in that match is great as well. You've got Reese and Rogan, who are a proper tag team, a throwback tag team, big, hard blokes. You know, that, that simple as that, in it? You know, yep. you know, no force. No kind of just people who like to punch people in the face and don't care if they're liked or not. And then you've got the best cruiserweight in the country, maybe at the moment, Robbie X. Uh, Rob, I am very lucky. Um, I've seen Robbie from the very beginning and his improvement is absolutely amazing. He's athletically gifted. Uh, it amazed me. I spoke to him not long back about kind of, his, my daughter does gymnastics and I was asking him about kind of oh what did you do when when, when you got when, when you, you went oh never did anything i said what do you mean he was like oh never did gymnastics never did anything like that i was all self-taught you know i was like my god like incredible amir jordan the most charismatic baby face in the country um you can't help but smile when amir jordan comes out can you you can't help but smile you can't help but join in with that music he's a bag of charisma WWE has improved him so, so much as well. You know, be, being there. Um, yeah, everyone loves Amir Jordan. And I tell you what, who, who is improving every match I see him in. He, and he's a real student of the game is Blake. He's a big heavyweight. He, he perhaps, I would maybe say, had to discover himself a little bit. It took him time to kind of realise what really he is. Um, but every, he he said he, he quite regularly sends me messages and things like that. And goes, what do you think of this? What do you think I'm trying this? A real student of the game who wants to wants to be something in this business. He wants to get better. Um, a re, this match, yeah, on paper, this could be an absolute banger. Really looking forward to it. Absolutely. So next up, we got is the Rao Brothers and Hack and Slash. I have seen Jay obviously in, in wrestle, and he's probably one of the best there but there's a couple there i've not actually seen so yeah promote this match the robros that's who they are the robros uh, yeah. um yeah so um brothers um zachary rowe and connor rowe um just a young classic young high-flying babyface tag team that yeah that's you know uh you know what you get in the good fun and yeah, Jay Ver I first time I saw Jay Vertigo was last show, actually. It's the first time I ever watched it, and I was really impressed. Um for somebody who's been in the business as kind of not as long as he he has, I thought, oh, oh there's a real upside with him. And Brandon Butcher, who's tagging with is somebody who's come through our Evo Academy, as are the Robros as well. Um, come through the Evo Academy. Um started working for a bit for PPW as well, I think doing training with them as well. And just real, real hard working guys um and it's really nice to be able to kind of showcase on our main shows 
stack now a little bit more our, our evo guys so yeah you, you know what you're gonna get you're gonna get 10 15 minutes of a good fun old-fashioned tag match with four guys who want to make a name for themselves and you know what It'll, it might be messy at times but it will be good fun absolutely and the next match obviously has been announced is George Samuels, Nathan Cruz and Joseph Connors I mean our class Nathan Cruz is probably a veteran during the UK scene is that fair yeah absolutely yeah 100% the um Nate Nathan is so good in fact all th- I, actually all three are proper pros in this match aren't they they're like Joe um I, again, Joe Connors is somebody I, I saw really early in his career. His improvement is incredible. And he, before he went to WWE, he was like our main babyface, Joe Connors. Like, people loved him at BWR. Really loved him. And carried him, he just said he carried himself like a star. Because oh, um, he is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Shah Samuels, I mean, he... he what Shah has done really well is almost like he's reinvented himself, but stayed the same, which is really weird. Reinvented himself as in looks slimmer. He's got himself down athletically, probably added years to his career, but he's still got that kind of cheeky East End kind of butcher kind of vibe going on. But Cruzy, yeah, I, 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 we can't say anything kind of bad about Nathan. He's that good. He's that good. I mean, he's a pro's pro. He was somebody in years' time when and when perhaps he's not wrestling anymore that people will appreciate a lot more i feel um he, he he's he's so everyone who works with him tells how easy it is it's a night off working with nathan even though he'll work you and he'll work you hard like he's just that damn good he, he and you know he backstage he carries himself like a professional he acts like a professional you know he's there for business he's very business driven um but the best the absolute best and of course we spoke about scotty rock quite a while and he's in action of course against jimmy mckelvey have i said that right mckelvey mckelvey yeah title versus hair match i've just noticed that then as i've read it so the story is so the story is going in that uh, Scotty Rourke is now a bad guy in BWR, which he's betrayed his hometown audience. Um, him, Jimmy McKilvey, and Tyler Devlin were the bedrock of BWR. The the three originals, the three local lads who started it together and have carried their and, and carried their journey on all the way through it. And in the story, Scotty Rourke won the. The Anarchy Briefcase match, the money, like our version of the Money in the Bank. And later that night, he turned on his friends. Um, he turned on Jimmy McKilvey and he turned on Tyler Devlin. Uh, Tyler Devlin hasn't been seen since. Um, but Jimmy, who is normally a happy-go-lucky, cheeky baby face that doesn't kind of do hard battles, or doesn't do confrontations, is seeking revenge. And in the story... You know, Scotty said, "You don't deserve a title shot. You've got nothing to contend for. What are you? What have you got that's worth for me?" And Jimmy said, "Well, I've got my hair. I'll, I, I'll, I, you know, I will put my hair on the line for that title shot. So this is where it leads us. So, um, so yeah, our main event for the night will be Scotty Rourke versus Jimmy McKilvey, title versus hair, and um, there could be tears. There generally could be tears." 
Um, you know, Jimmy is well loved with the BWR audience. Um, I have a feeling his family are going to be in the crowd. It's it could be an emotional night. You know, either way, win or lose. So uh, yeah, um, get your get your hankies ready. It could be it could be could be a messy one. <laughs> so I want to obviously move back to obviously announcing and stuff. And I asked Stevie Aaron this question. Number one, a critical of your own work, and number two, a critical of other people's work. Yes and yes. Um, the, the, you know, um, every anybody that works, mo okay, I won't say anybody, that's generalizing, but most people I would imagine in this business, because it is a show business, you know, it's um, likes to secretly think they're the best. And and you know we all kind of do it where we look at some you know look at somebody ringing. I say, I look, I I'll say to Stevie, you know, I love Stevie, but I'll say to Stevie at, B, at on BW, I'll be like, I could do that, you know, not good with me, you know, <laughs> um, yeah, it's, you know, it's nature of the beast, right? But um, but yeah, I'm also very self, very self-critical, very self-aware. If you ask Simon Herring, our photographer, like I hate having my photo taken. I I, I, I um, you know, like Chandler and Friends, that kind of show where he has really, I'm, I feel like that, where everything is really awkward. Um, but I feel a lot more comfortable in our environment because it is almost like being greeted by 200 friends. Because it is like, you know, my wife sat there. Oh, she, if I just were for my wife, I'd, I'd, you know, I'd rather not her watching me. My wife's there, my daughter's there, my nieces are there, every show. And, but, and the people, you know, some of these people in the audience are people that I used to go and watch wrestling within like 95, 96, and they're still there. They're still the memorial hall. So I feel a lot more comfortable in in our environment. Um, you know, the stuff I did for 1PW, like the backstage stuff, I hated it. hated every single bit. When I watched it back, I, I cringed. I really, it, it was a really uncomfortable kind of being kind of a backstage interviewer i, I was just like that's ah, not for me at all um but i, I love i because i've done djing as well over the years and done weddings and things like that like i think i always think to myself well if you can entertain a wedding when you walk into a room like where 100 people have already been drinking for most of the day um and you can keep them entertained and you can keep them happy i think that's far harder than going in front of a wrestling audience in the nicest possible way um so you know that it, sometimes it feels like a bit of a night off after doing dj weddings going to bwr so it's um so yeah i am my own worst critic and i am critical of other people i'm not afraid to say there you go so you've obviously talked some about your highlights from fwa and stuff is there any more highlights which you look back going i'm proud of that moment which you've not obviously discussed today yeah promoting yeah we we i mean steve promoted two shows in hull and um, in 2005, um, I, under the banner of IWP, um, International Wrestling Promotions, if you go on YouTube, actually, you can find the first show on there called The Gathering. Um, and we drove over a thousand people for both both shows and didn't kind of didn't do it with imports or anything like that. We did it with British talent. You know, I'm really proud of the efforts that we made to get them shows kind of going really because it was a big effort you know holds a big city and essentially our attitude was we need to make sure that at least 75 percent of the city know that there's a wrestling show going on and that was a big effort to do that like whether it be flyering postering all around the place 
getting local TV involved, radio involved. It was a real monumental effort. And for them shows to draw and do well, it was amazing. It's such a buzz. I'm so proud. And the, th- the thing is, I think the skills of doing, of learning that and doing that are the better than any kind of qualification I got from university. It's better than any any kind of um, school qualification or whatever that may be. The, the You know, to be able to just kind of throw yourself in the deep end and just go for it and learn along the way um, has stood me in the best, I think, the best way possible. It's, you know, yeah, the, I, it, best outside of having my wife, my wife and my kids and stuff and, and anything that Grimsby Town do. It's um, I think it's the best thing I've ever achieved. Absolutely, absolutely. So you've been obviously in wrestling, as we mentioned quite a few times. Twenty-three years, been for obviously promotion, travelled up and down the world, well around the UK, should I say? Sorry. Yeah. What's, yeah, next, yeah. what's next for obviously for Richard Young? What What's the goals for like now until you've had? Not, I won't say had enough like to retire. Yeah, and I'll never retire. I don't think I'll be. I'll be like uh, Bruce Forsyth. I'll be like really me out in my eighties. I think um, if they'll have me anyway. Um, but no, uh, look, my goal is just to now is is to enjoy it. And the minute I stop enjoying it, with the minute I stop doing it, you know, I think I think what and what I want to do as well. If if I can, if by the time I do kind of walk away from it, I can look at people like. Tyler Devlin and Scotty Rourke and people like that, and they're in a better place in their careers. Um, then I'm happy. I, I, you know, I like wrestling owes me nothing. It really owes me. It's brought me so much happiness over the years. It owes me absolutely nothing. I just, I, I'm. If I'm happy, if I'm happy just doing shows, that's enough for me. You know, I, you know, the, the best thing is now my daughter, like I say, my daughter comes to every show and absolutely loves it. Um, I've made some incredible friends. Um, if I just feel that, you know, if I'm as long as I'm contributing a little bit, I'm, I'm happy. And I, you know, I'd love to work, do a little bit for other promotions as well. Um, but I'm not desperate. And as long as BWR is thriving, that is the main thing for me. That I'm, I'm just, yeah. I'm I'm just happy for other people. It's great. There you go. So a few little more questions as we begin to obviously wind down. Fans obviously got the chance to send some questions in, and one which was, what would your ultimate venue you'd like to work in, like a venue? Oh, well, the dream would be Blundell Park, the home of Grimsby Town Football Club. Uh, you know, a stadium show uh, in, you know, in my, in a place that I have visited thousands of times over the last, 30 odd years um that would be the that would be the ultimate dream um you know what and it's maybe a little controversial i'd like to do donny dome again but i don't know you know maybe under a different guise this time but um it would be nice just to kind of go back and maybe write a few wrongs yeah yeah, that is the, the venue was absolutely terrific i mean that's just also how i met you and stuff like that but yeah, under different circumstances, I have to agree on that one. Yeah, the engine shed at Lincoln as well, another one. Um, tremendous venue, you know, um, and and the staff there, you know, both staff, uh, this, but the staff at, at Lincoln particularly were amazing, so accommodating. Like their production team were absolutely on the ball all day long. Uh, venue looked great, packed out. 
yeah um it's a shame it's a shame right now that them, them venues are, are not being used for wrestling but you never know never know what the future's going to bring right no exactly so one final question is who do you think the next big thing is so who do you think the one to watch rest of wise are we talking in britain or are we talking worldwide hey, go to britain go in the uk okay well i mean miles came uh, straight away comes comes to mind there i think it's quite criminal actually that people like red pro and progress and people like that are still kind of sleeping on miles came though i think he has just been booked for progress hasn't he um yes. yeah but I, he he's that good i honestly think he's that good um i know that she is i know she's a star now but we've never used her at bwr but i would love to see lizzie ebo um she, i mean she she blew me away at one pw i thought like as as a natural carry she is somebody like you could put on you could put her on raw and give her two minutes on the mic and she would become a star overnight i am apps i'm 100 percent convinced of that she could go to america now and you could put her i think you could put her on tv and she would get heat quickly you know for, she you know to have that promo skills for somebody of her age for somebody of her experience man, she's she's great she's really really good um have you have, have you heard of zizi uh, yeah yeah she's great she's re 19 years old and she's terrific like she, and she looks fantastic as in she's tall she's got a really different look to her i think you know of course she's a little bit kind of rough around the edges right now but that's because she's young and she'll learn from learning with better people like we talked about earlier um she's somebody i think for her age she's the world's her oyster if she wants it like it's there for her like she's really really good um yeah i, I think I, obviously we talked about scotty rock you know I, what i like about scotty particularly now as well that he's embracing being a heel he's not kind of you know he's not half heart in it it's not you know he, he's really gone and kind of looked inside himself and you know kind of really kind of drawn a character from there as well but equally he can go to somebody else on a saturday and be in a really amazing baby face so it's um when you've got that ability you're there aren't you so yeah they're, they're, they're the kind of four i can think of right now yeah the one thing i like with scott is that you can do face or heel i've seen obviously videos with him doing both and he just works it still so well yeah absolutely 100 percent. and uh, and it's it's hard for us you know it's it, we we were kind of talking when he turned heel about like okay how do you do it as a smaller wrestler how do you do it when you're smaller in size and you're smaller in height and he's embraced it he's like i'll find the way i'll get you know and i and we you know we were always kind of, oh, i so loved in grimsby is it going to happen and now he is hated in grimsby the like, he's gone completely full circle it's amazing yeah so it's part of my 12 in 12 challenge i'm doing this year to do 12 different promotions bwr is on my list and i'm looking to get to the anniversary show which is later on in the yeah. year i think it's yeah, july. Yeah, absolutely. yeah in july so usually the big one of the year the anniversary show so I will, yeah, so I will be obviously seeing you at that show. So one final thing from you, Richard, is there anything you want to plug, my friend? Well, obviously, yeah, BWR On Demand. If you Google literally BWR On Demand, £5 a month and all our back catalogue is on there from 2017 onwards. So look, even if you join it for a couple of months and you get through the shows, amazing. We just appreciate your contribution. 
we've got uh, merch on sale as well like this wonderful hoodie but they sell out very very quickly um if you join our facebook page particularly that's where we tend to kind of the most because in our local demographic facebook is probably the most popular social media platform to so join our socials british wrestling revolution um yeah we've only got literally 10 tickets left for no gods no masters um look at that okay that beautiful um yeah march 23rd as you can see uh 10 tickets left um and that is after we sold out our initial allocation the, the venue have been very kind to us in doing a little bit of seat rearranging so we can get some more seats in which is great um and to do it with like literally three weeks before a show to have over 200 people in there is incredible um so that's it, I, it, it from a a non-wrestling point of view a quick plug for all town are we if you like football um it is I a documentary do. oh, there you go well it's a documentary about my team grimsby town and its playoff journey uh, a couple of years ago where we had the most incredible playoff run be in wrexham and Notts county and i was lucky enough to be box popped for it and i mean i'm in the series quite a bit it's on amazon prime and I'm also on the series more than Ryan Reynolds and Ryan, uh, Rob McElhenney, who very kindly agreed to be interviewed for it as well. But I tell my wife I got more airtime than Deadpool. There you go. <laughs> and what did she say to that? Um, she just kind of frowned and went, we didn't meet him though, did you? So, you know, that was that. So, uh, you know, I can't win points here. Um, look, I'm, I, I know my role in this house. I'm behind the three cats on the door as I'm like fifth in the packing order is fine. It's, it's you know, it's no problem. Uh, uh, Rich, this has obviously been an absolute fun chat, my friend. Uh, obviously, all the best for BWR and stuff. I will be seeing you in the near future. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for having us, Liam, and uh, yeah, look forward to seeing you, mate. Cheers, pal.